Welcome, my friends. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash. Injury law, because you deserve what's right. The phone number is 702-820-1234. That's the number if you've got uh, an injury anywhere in California or Nevada. Uh, we're based here in Las Vegas. have an office in Southern California as well. Uh, and, uh, and listen... Uh, people uh, here on the team standing by at all times to help you as needed. Now, I want to, I know there's there's always a lot to go over today, uh, given a little story I need to share with you in a moment. I want to set up a contrast with Las Vegas by just a little overview about how law and order does not exist elsewhere around the country. Now, one thing I mentioned yesterday, and, and Robbie, I see this now, this is Oakland. I, you know, I thought this was, this was in Stockton as yesterday we were talking about the couple of 7-Eleven owners who are being investigated for assault. We, we mentioned this yesterday. And I've been, no, it's in Stockton. That's right. Stockton, California. Well, anyway, I've been going around asking people, had a number of you email me after the show, when I said, yeah, it's not the worst thing that this guy got a little beating, given that the fact is that in California, you can get away with stealing essentially without consequences as long as the dollar value of your steal in your one visit to a store is under $1,000. So what are these crooks doing? They're coming in. Oftentimes, by the way, they're coming in in gangs, and each one of them, you know, six guys come in, they each steal under a thousand bucks, but together that's a significant loss to the business. I did get one angry email. I won't read it here about how I was advocating for violence. My point is here that we law abiding citizens have had enough. We've had it up to our necks, our noses, <laughs> as high as we can without drowning. We are done with criminals getting a pass, and then law-abiding citizens being asked to take it uh, in the shorts. Uh, So these guys apparently being investigated for assault, and it just brought to to mind here another bit of news that developed today. I don't know if you remember the Antifa protests. We'll call them riots, really, that started back in 2019 in Portland, which is a completely failed city. And you've seen the videos. You, you, you've seen these guys in, in black hoodies, black masks. Uh, masked, by the way, before COVID came around. So this is, uh, this is uh, kind of a, back to an era where if you're wearing a mask, you're, you're likely up to no good. Right? So this, this back in 2019, there was a, a journalist, kind of a, a guy, an independent guy who has a following. He's not a Nazi, by the way. He's not a... He's not a crazy person. I, I don't necessarily follow a lot of what he does, but it was Andy. his name is Andy No. Last name is spelled N-G-O, Andy No. And this guy was documenting these protests, a conservative uh, commentator online, uh, angers certainly a lot of leftists. And two people came as he was, he was just there, mind his own business, nondescript guy. Two people came along who were with the Antifa protest, and they did 
something that later triggered a, a chain reaction. They publicly identified Andy No to the crowd gathered there inciting violence. They said something to the effect of, this is Andy No. This is who this guy is. Everybody, this is the Nazi. This is the guy. And I, I could play the audio of it. It's so filled with foul language that I would have to beat most of it out. So this, Andy No's lawyers called it doxing. This doxing of Andy No publicly naming him triggered a beatdown on him that uh, resulted in several significant in injuries, including a, a, a subdermal uh, hematoma, hemorrhage of the, uh, and a hemorrhage of the brain. N not a small thing. And Andy No ended up suing uh, all the Antifa people. The first trial uh, concluded today with a not liable, it was a civil case, a not liable verdict against the two defendants that pointed him out to the mob that later beat him. Now, he was represented by uh, Harmeet Dillon, who is the founder of Liberty Center. And um, this is, I mean, her, her statement here is, I'm going to read a portion of it. Obviously, she's very disappointed by this. Um, but uh, she writes, it is a tremendous honor to stand up for what's right in court throughout my law career. She names the partners that worked with her on this case. They took this case to trial and did a tremendous job. We all know as trial lawyers that in the end, the result is not in our hands, but in the hands of a judge and jury. They put on a great case. Andy's an incredibly brave client who persevered for years when many would have given up, changed their profession, or let the violent thugs win without challenge. That is exactly what this thing was about. And remember, the police, for the most part, stood idly by. A man was beaten. These thugs were allowed to roam loose in Portland, unrestricted, unabated, because, of course, the politics there supports this kind of leftist violence. Now, as a lawyer, I could comment on this and tell you that the defense attorney, Michelle Burroughs, ought to be disbarred. In fact, the only reason she probably won't be is because, one, she's a leftist, and the left protects their own, no doubt, the state bar there in Portland is a hornet's nest of radical leftism. And two, this was her last trial and she was looking to retire after it. She said things in court like resistance in this country, meaning in the U.S., has never been peaceful. She said that no, Andy, no, the plaintiff in this case, the victim, brought this upon himself because the U.S. has an unregulated internet. Tell that to the goons in Biden's Justice Department and that no should have taken responsibility for his words. Oh yeah, it's his fault for getting beaten. Again, this guy got beaten so badly he had blood oozing inside of his head. And two 7-Eleven owners who are fed up with thieves coming into their business and stealing and the cops doing nothing about it, take a wooden stick and beat him a little bit on the legs, teaching him a lesson. And there is a wide-ranging, deep investigation into this assault. That's the contrast I want to get at here. If you are a business owner, if you are a conservative, if you are a law-abiding citizen and you are the victim of violent crime, if you're the victim of theft, if you're the victim of anything, your life doesn't matter. Not in Portland. 
not in Stockton, California, or for that matter, most places in California, with few exceptions. It's abominable. This defense attorney, by the way, in this case, she, she looked at the jury and she literally said, quote, I'm quoting here, I will remember each one of your faces. That should have been a mistrial on the spot. That's that's uh, juror intimidation. If you do that as a lawyer, you can be disbarred. This is absolutely unbelievable what passes now for, uh, I guess, lawyering, uh, quote-unquote. She, she declared also in the trial that she is Antifa. I am Antifa. I'm a member, and I'm going to walk out of here after this trial. I'm going to put on a T-shirt that says, I am Antifa. I don't know what the t-shirt part of it had anything to hell to do with anything, but how many of those jurors were terrified of ruling against Antifa for fear of being beaten to a pulp just the same way that the plaintiff was in the case? Think about that. This is this is um, this is this is mind numbing. So we get back here. I got to share a quick story, though. Today, literally a couple hours here before I went on air, uh, I had a little police incident I was involved with. Have to give an enormous uh, shout out to Metro. Uh, you guys are incredible. I am so beyond proud to live in Las Vegas and um, to have had the, um, well, to, to be in a place that actually values folks that uh, that, that, that own property and who deserve to be kept safe. That's the difference between Portland, L.A., San Francisco, New York, Minneapolis, and places like Las Vegas. It's significant. All right, I'll share that story when we come back. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Speaking of law and order, some news out of Florida before I get to my my story here uh, about what happened earlier today in Las Vegas. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense, conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. All right. Well, DeSantis suspended another prosecutor in the state of Florida, using his power as governor to remove prosecutors, law enforcement officials for dereliction of duty. Now, the simple truth is that Monique Worrell, Monique, excuse me, Worrell, is it Worrell? I think it's Worrell, who is the state attorney for the 9th Judicial District there in Florida, was getting money and all sorts of funding and support from our good friend George Soros. <laughs> and in turn, she was letting violent criminals out. This is, this is what sets Florida apart from many other states, particularly populous states, is they don't mess around with this stuff. It's an example of what is praiseworthy about DeSantis, his understanding of how to wield his executive authority 
to ensure that this type of, well, political malpractice doesn't occur. And that's really what it is. When people elect in an election, by the way, that is funded by radicals like Soros, folks into office who deliberately say they will not enforce the law when it is their their explicit duty to do so, that's when the authorities have to step in. Now, in a state like California where Gavin Newsom's the governor, and I'm actually not sure exactly how the Constitution of California operates in this particular regard, although I suspect there is the power by the governor to do this for state officials um, to you know removal on based on based on dereliction of duty. Uh, my guess is, of course, that uh, Gavin Newsom would never do this because, of course, they're politically simpatico. So elections have consequences both directions, and in the case of Florida, Governor DeSantis making the right moves there. Now, I had a – I was sitting here at my desk earlier today working. In fact, I was uh, on the phone with a client. When I received a text from my contractor, I have a, uh, a home uh, here uh, in downtown Las Vegas that I'm in the process of rebuilding. It's my, my dream home. I, I love old Las Vegas very much. It's a couple miles from my office. Uh, I, I, it's in a beautiful, uh, old-school uh, Vegas neighborhood. And uh, I have a, a lot of very interesting neighbors, some names you would recognize. I'm not going to share that here for obvious reasons. But nonetheless, I received a text from a contractor. Someone had broken in and was in the house. Now, there's nothing in the house, but there are tools and things like that, so certainly items of value. Nonetheless, they scaled a wall or my gate and somehow uh, made it inside. So, I, of course, I, I'm looking at this photo. I'm so, holy hell. So I, I, you know, I finished my phone call you know, like nothing happened with the client. And when the call was done, I put my notes in the computer on the file and <laughs> immediately got in my car. And I, I will admit, raced uh, to my house. So I get, I get to my house. My contractor's already called Metro, already called the police. Well, you wouldn't believe this. Metro had a helicopter in the air. There were 10 units that responded because this guy did a runner and went into my neighbor's yard, jumped over the wall, and they weren't messing around. They... <laughs> The resources that Metro deployed to, to keep our, our neighborhood and our city safe, unbelievable. And they got him. And I thought to myself, I'm, I'm, as I'm leaving, the, you know, I'm obviously saying, you know, hi to all the officers and, and, and giving them a wave. You got to understand, it, this does not happen in L.A. Might happen in Beverly Hills. Certainly happens in Newport Beach. But it does not happen in Los Angeles. It does not happen in, in, in Minneapolis. It does not happen in Portland. Property crimes, going into houses, you know, if it's, if it's not violent, they're not stealing anything. It's, who do, what do we care? Just tell them to leave and, and let us know if they don't leave. Well, this guy left, but he left by way of somebody else's house. The cops weren't having it, and they descended on our neighborhood like nobody's business. So first off, a enormous thank you to Metro for keeping our community as safe as you can. I, I just tremendously appreciate that. But it's a contrast, right, to 
other places. And if you think, by the way, if you think I'm just a fanboy for, for the city of Las Vegas, fine. Okay, I, I love Vegas. Fair enough. Remember the Oakland story from last week? The, 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 well, this is the NAACP where they wrote the letter. The NAACP letter, by the way, if you Google NAACP letter, you get a bunch of historical letters that the NAACP has written, and Google will not put on its first page this very newsworthy letter. This was the end Oakland's public safety crisis. We spoke about this last week, and the entire premise of the letter basically is that the defund police movement is BS. It's nonsense. It is a joke. And the entire result, the net result of the defund the police movement advocated uh, for by uh, radical leftists has resulted in what? In, shockingly, unsafe communities predominantly for people of color, which the NAACP, you know, is, is writing about. Yes. Yeah. Murders. I'm quoting now from it. Shootings, violent armed robberies, home invasions, car break-ins, sideshows, highway shootouts have become a pervasive fixture of life in Oakland. <laughs> Wonder why the Raiders uh, came to Vegas. And what about dem A's? But I digress. Okay. We call on all elected leaders to unite and declare a state of emergency. Then it goes on to say African Americans are disproportionately hit hardest by crime in East Oakland and other parts of the city. But all residents from all parts of the city report they do not feel safe. Yeah, that's because the radicals are in charge over there, and the radicals decided to wage war on cops. Well, this didn't work out for them, did it? Cops are racist. Cops are bad. Cops are, you know, the patriarchy, the white supremacy, whatever nonsense, total nonsense that these idiot leftists keep blabbling on about. Sure enough, net result is... Number one, people have left the department. Number two, the department has made cutbacks, and so they're not responding to crimes. Not good, right? So the latest bit of news, yesterday, late yesterday, Daily Mail ran a story. <laughs> I almost died. This was hilarious. Uh, so apparently, police in Oakland, <laughs> are you ready for this? <laughs> This is what would happen, by the way, in all of America if we did not have the Second Amendment. <laughs> Police recommend air horns to spook criminals <laughs> as crime rises in Oakland. That's right. The safety tips provided directly by the Oakland Police Department is for you to get an air horn. <laughs> uh Tony Bird, who's been an Oakland resident. I can't. Tony Bird, who's been an Oakland resident for two and a half years, is following the advice of police and has stockpiled three air horns at her home to scare off predators. This is so sad. This is so sad. When are we going to admit that in any facet of life where leftism is attempted, it fails and fails miserably. Where? Show me where it's a success. Blue cities succeed to the extent that they do in spite of their politics, not because of, never forget that. 
Okay, that's the music. I gotta run here back. Uh, got a lot to go over. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit salmonashlaw.com. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense, conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., Right here on News Talk 840 KXNT, Sam Marjofsky here, your host, your friend, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian is what they call me. And uh, listen, I I just uh, looking at some polling here. It seems it seems that Mike Pence has qualified for the first GOP debate that will be held approximately two weeks from now. This um, uh, people are asking me, what do you think of this? Like, what's your What's your take, Sam? <laughs> I um, I think I want to hear from Pence. I don't. I think it's going to be a disastrous performance because Pence is boring as hell. Forget his policy positions. Did you see his ad? That he just put out an ad. It's all over Twitter and social media. He put out an ad with himself uh, pumping gas, and in one of the most excruciating bits of campaign uh, I guess propaganda it looks like the man's never pumped gas in his life which by the way I don't believe you know I think he's you know he's lived a normal life at some point Uh, but he actually makes the act of pumping gas look tortured I'm not saying I'm particularly graceful when I'm at the pump I got a million things in my head I'm looking around me making sure you know nobody unseemly jumps from behind the pump at me but i listen i uh i certainly don't look like that so if he has that same if he has that same uh countenance and presentation in the republicans debate he's toast immediately after the big question will be the big question is will he Will he uh, come face-to-face with Donald Trump? Will Trump participate in the debate? And this is where you have the, the competing two schools of thought. Should Trump do it or shouldn't he? Now, Trump's, of course, laying a case very carefully, and he has been doing this methodically over the last several weeks for why he should not appear. There's people polling at 1%. Literally, that's the threshold to get him. Pence is at 1%. And, 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 and I, I guess the other part of it, you have to have 40,000 individual donations or have 40,000 donors, I think, is, is technically the, the requisite. So, you know, he's got 40,000 donors. He's got 1% in the polls. He's in the debate. And Trump's going, listen, I've got millions of donors and I've got, you know, I'm at, I'll tell you right now what's, what's the morning consult poll came out yesterday. It's the most recent. Trump's at 59%, DeSantis 16, Ramaswamy, Vivek is at 8, Pence there is at 6. You know, look, Pence is getting, Christie's at 3, so 9% of Republicans really ought to be Democrats. Scott is at 3, Tim Scott's at 3, there you go. And, I mean, okay. 
so general election, by the way, general election, Trump versus Biden, Biden plus one. DeSantis versus Biden, Biden's up by five. That's very interesting. That's in the same morning consult poll, meaning DeSantis is less appealing, at least to that subset of people that they asked in that particular poll. Again, it's a poll also that has a huge amount of support for Trump. So there's, you know, uh, bear that in mind. But interesting that Biden outperforms uh, uh, Trump, excuse me, Trump outperforms DeSantis against Biden by four points. It certainly goes against the narrative that you hear a lot, both in the media and from many of your friends who are telling you, Trump is not going to win the general. There's no way. You guys need to get somebody who's not Trump. How many times have you heard that? I know I hear it all the time. So I'm just, you know, I'm telling you this. I know, listen, I know it's polling. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's polling. I'm the first to dismiss polling. Polling does, though, show some amount of trends. Like the trend, for example, the shift to Trump is undeniable. Now, Trump has a way of explaining all this, by the way. Trump says that he really needs just one more indictment to uh, wrap this whole thing up. (laughs) No, (laughs) well, no, literally, he's, this was Friday night. This was when, after it all went down uh, with, um, you know, last week. Anyway, so this, (laughs) he's at the Alabama Republican Party summer dinner in Montgomery. And this is what he said. They waited right to the middle of an election, and they waited until I became the dominant force in the polls because we're dominating everybody, including Biden, in the polls. And then they filed them all, every one of them, all at essentially one time, including local DAs and AGs and even other cases, right in the middle of the campaign where we're leading by so much, and it's not going to make any impact because every time they file an indictment, We go way up in the polls. We need one more indictment to close out this election. One more indictment, and this election is closed out. Nobody has even a chance. (laughs) I Okay, he's obviously talking about the primaries, right? Crowd is cheering. They love it. Uh, But he's not wrong. These indictments seem to be helping Trump. With Republican primary voters, again, I give you the big asterisk here from the What's Right show because we are focused here on some common sense. There's still a long way to go. So anyway, by the way, uh, producer Robbie just sent me this update on the betting odds. This is not polling. This is where is the money moving to, right? So betting odds are always kind of determined I don't know how to describe it. You know what betting odds are. We're, we're in Vegas. It, it's The best way to describe it is this is where the, the odds get adjusted based on the size and numerity of wagers being placed for the likelihood of a certain candidate sealing the deal. So the betting odds have Trump at 70, almost 71%. And he's up 0.3% in the last week. Now, okay, uh, that's not polling. It's up 0.3%. So is that measured? Is that sizing in the polls going up, whatever? Maybe. 
What's fascinating is DeSantis is down to 9.5%, and he's literally tied because at 9.5% also, you have Vivek Ramaswamy. So the betting polls here have Vivek and Ron DeSantis neck and neck. And DeSantis is dropping, and, and Ramaswamy is ascendant. Now, of all the people, it goes from Trump all the way to Pence, who's at 0.6%, exactly where he ought to be. Uh, everyone is going down with the exception of, and this is what's interesting, I'm, I'm always watching trends, with the exception of Trump, Ramaswamy, and Tim Scott. Now, Trump went up 0.3% in the last week. Scott went up 0.2% in the last week. Ramaswamy went up 2.8%. He's the gainer. By the way, Christy, speaking of people making gains, uh, Christy is sinking uh, 0.1% down to 1.5% likelihood of sealing the Republican nomination for president in 2024. So that's – I'm just – I like to I like to put this all into perspective. So what you know? Well, I'm I, I like polling, but I also like people who are putting actual money down on it, and these people are following it. So there's and and the bookmakers are setting odds based on you know these are smart people that want to come out on top. So they're they're handicapping this a certain way. It's all relevant. It's all relevant. By the way, uh, speaking of relevant, uh, Biden was was in our neck of the woods yesterday. He was down in the Grand Canyon, and, and <laughs> he didn't fall in, in case you're wondering. Uh, no, but he did have he didn't have some awkward moments. It was pretty bad. He did also sit down for a tough interview with Stephanie Abrams. Who is she? You think she's from uh, CNN? or maybe perhaps the Washington Post, or another hard-hitting news publication. Oh, no, you'd be mistaken. Stephanie Abrams is from the Weather Channel. <laughs> yep, the Biden people are like, who can we find? Okay, we, he hasn't done an interview in a while. we got to find somebody to sit down with to talk to. <laughs> I know. We'll sit down with the Weather Channel, and we'll talk about the weather crisis. We'll talk about climate change. We'll talk about things that, you know, even Joe can, you know, stutter his way through. You don't want to miss this. I'll get into this when we return. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Folks, this insanity is just uh, too good to uh, uh, not enjoy fully. Uh, Biden making a visit to our neck of the woods uh, here, uh, visiting the Grand Canyon yesterday. Uh, it, it, I don't even know. Part of this was this was all stunty, right? He was dedicating some some land there to eternal preservation because this is what Democrats want to do. They want to find areas of the country that are um that are well they could be beautiful they could be not beautiful they just want it all to be frozen in time particularly when there are resources on that land now one of this uh thing uh, part of this the stunt was I mean, people aren't really reporting on it is that biden in this edict of his, blocked uranium mining 
on a million acres that border the Grand Canyon. Now, the question you know, that a lot of people are asking is why would Biden block mining for something, for an element, a resource that we desperately need for nuclear power plants, electricity, radiation treatments, right? And, you know, this we're forced to import, by the way, our uranium from countries that are, in some cases, pretty hostile to us, like, example, Russia. So, you know, this is a huge win for uh, a company called Rosatom. It's uh, Putin's crown jewel uranium base. Um, and I guess we're, we're – the, the, never underestimate Biden's ability to cut his nose to spite his face. Also, most of Democratic operating occurs in a vacuum. They look at one issue. Oh, look at that racist cop. That's a racist cop. Okay, we're going we're gonna to ban police. We're going to defund the police. Whoopsie-daisy, we got crime everywhere. Oh, didn't see that coming. Oh, we're going to preserve the Grand Canyon because we love the planet. Oh, wait a minute. Now we have to import our uranium from Russia. And Russia bad, right? Russia's very bad. Oh, well, I, we'll worry about that tomorrow. Africa too, by the way, Kazakhstan, other places uh, have uh, are you know are importers, large importers of uranium to the U.S. But again, being energy independent, gosh dang it, what, when will these libs get it through their heads that we got to be energy independent? It matters. So he sits down with the uh, info babe over there at the Weather Channel, and and first off there's an awkward moment where there's apparently some sort of a bug on her blouse because we have bugs here it's a little little wetter right now than it's been and so we got the insects in the air of kind of looks like he was touching her boob i i mean if okay if it were trump if it were Trump, this would be a front page photo. Can you imagine if he invaded the personal space of a female reporter touching her chestal area? I mean, he would be. Uh, yeah, I think our attorney general here in Nevada would be filing assault charges against Trump. Yeah. Well, what happened in Arizona? Okay. Same difference, right? I'm, I'm just saying double standards, okay? And then Biden goes in and says, well, you know, well, here, let me take you through it. He says, he says um, he wants to play up to Gen Z. So Abram softballs him this question. This is after he's done petting her, and he, uh, this is their exchange. Let's talk Gen Z, because they're going to play a big role in the next presidential election. You promised uh, no new drilling on federal land or offshore. Can you tell Gen Z that you haven't broken your promise? Yes, because the courts overrule me. The court said I couldn't do it. I wanted to stop all drilling on the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. But I got I lost in court. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't we talk about what happened to gas prices when you decided to go cut drilling, you moron? I bet does Gen Z drive? I mean, do they understand that the cost of gas directly affects how much their Ubers are when they go to their local vegan restaurants? Yeah. Well, listen, um, 
Anyway, the train wreck continued with this. Mr. President, you call climate change a code red for humanity. The World Health Organization said it will cause an additional quarter of a million deaths a year starting in 2030. Are you prepared to declare a national emergency with respect to climate change? I've already done that. National emergency, we've conserved more land, we've moved in, we've rejoined the Paris Climate Accord, we've passed a $368 billion climate control facility. And here we're, we're, comes we're it. We're moving. It is the existential threat. Ready for it? Here we go. So you've already declared that national emergency. Well, in the practice, you got a bug on it. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. So you've already declared that national emergency. Practically speaking, yes. Yeah. What a pervert. There it was. <laughs> Code red for humanity. We've passed 368 billion climate control facility. Blah, 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 making up numbers. I mean, this is existential threat to humanity. Of course, this is all bogus. Doesn't matter. And then, by the way, I've lost my train of thought, but I've seen your boobs. I'm going to go touch this bug and, by the way, brush my hand against you because what I like to do to women. <laughs> Surprised you didn't go for a little, little sniff. All right, so then Biden declared uh, the Grand Canyon a national monument uh, during his Arizona visit today. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders, wonders of the world. Literally, think of that. You know, it's amazing. Enduring symbol of America to the entire world. America's natural wonders are central to our heritage and our identity as a nation. Conserving them not only protects the livelihoods of the people who depend on them, preserves key pieces of our history. Um, I think there's a new national man- monument near the Grand Canyon. I don't think it was the Grand Canyon that was declared a national monument. That's happened uh, some time ago. So that was a bit of a misspeak. Um, yeah. By the way, since we can't drill for uranium near the Grand Canyon and be energy independent because that, of course, would be foolish. Uh, you might lose the Gen Z vote. Oh, this is the same generation that can't get out of bed to go to work on time. Um, you know, it's perfectly fine, I guess, environmentally to just simply move that drilling to outsource it to Russia, to Africa, places that are far away from us. That's okay. The NIMBYism of liberals always, always surprises me. NIMBYism, of course, is an acronym. Not in my backyard. Well, what does that mean? Well, okay, well, so, I mean, you know, where does, I mean, the process of making batteries, for example, for an electric car, an extremely filthy, dirty, environmentally destructive process. But you get a lib in their electric car, and they think that they are saving the planet. And the thing is, if that mine was next to their house, they wouldn't want an electric car. They would ban electric cars if they saw what was going on. Liberals in Europe, uh, all the Green Party crazies, they um, are banning you know, electric power, nuclear electric power plants in Germany and then importing nuclear power from countries like the Czech Republic. Not in my backyard. It's desperately illogical, of course. 
So that's what this was. This was an old man going to the Grand King and saying, not in my backyard, get off my porch. We're not doing it here in the Grand King. Let's get our uranium from Russia. We, I know we don't like them. I know that we don't want to give any money to Putin. I know I'm trying to ostensibly throw sanctions at the Russian Federation and curb their ability to wage war on Ukraine. But I still feel perfectly fine sending them literally billions of dollars in cash for something that we could dig up in our own backyard. Absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely insane. Don't worry, Kamala's even crazier. I'll tell you about that when we return. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Rarely wrong, always right. Sam Rajovsky here, host of the What's Right Show, behind the What's Right microphone. And, um, well, listen, Uh, Kamala Harris has been at it, making the case for why she should never become president ever of the United States, possibly even of a, uh, of anything. (laughs) This is craziness. All right, I want to, before I get to some of these clips, can I just... Can I just address something that I've said here in the past? I'd like to make, I would like to suggest an alternative, uh, not an outcome, but an alternative idea of what could be a potential uh, political uh, event here. So Republicans, of course, sounding more and more, I don't know, certain or whatever, that they're uh, keen on exploring impeachment against Joe Biden. Now, I think that this is, um, I think that this is, it may end up being appropriate, maybe the appropriate thing to do. Because remember, if there are high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, you know, that are, that are charges levied against the president, it, it warrants removal from office. However, this entire time I've been saying that Kamala Harris is such a disaster, not just a lightweight, but a real moron. I mean, she's dumb. And the moment that she becomes president, right, with the ouster of uh, Joe Biden, I would, I absolutely firmly believe that disaster would ensue. Now, that's, of course, considering that, that impeachment would be successful, that it wouldn't be just a stunt. So whenever I analyze Kamala Harris, I'm not looking to just make fun of her, and, and you know, obviously there's, there's humor in the stupid things that she says – but you have to understand that the context, uh, the reason that this matters is that this woman is a heartbeat away from the presidency. And you have, on one hand, a president who clearly is unwell, who is, I would say, simply speaking, uh, actuarially, not likely to live much longer, and at the same time also somebody who is facing a tremendous amount of of scandal, uh, some of which uh, certainly may warrant criminal charges, criminal investigation, and or uh, removal from office. 
both would result in Kamala becoming president. So when Republicans talk about impeachment, they have to consider what the alternative would be. Now, I said that I wanted to change something that I've, I've said historically on this program, which is, you know, as I think overall impeachment is a bad idea uh, precisely because we can't risk what would happen to the world. In fact, I think the world would literally blow up. Kamala becomes president, and I've explained why that is. But the, the, the greater point here now is, is, is I, it was brought up to me as Robbie and I were busy doing show prep here this morning, is what would happen if, what would happen if America got a little taste of Kamala, you know, just toward the end of Biden's first term? I mean, Biden could be the nominee. Biden could be running for re-election at the same time be removed from office. So then what? By the way, he could run for he could still continue to run for office. He could get a second term. So the question is, um, you know, what would happen if the world, if America got a three month taste just before the election of Kamala Harris? I don't know that it's worth the risk, folks, but I'm very intrigued by what that would look like. I was joking. I think the result of it would be so terrible that three generations of Americans would never vote Democrat ever again. Now, that joke is not just – I'm not just idly you know, saying words. I, you, know, you have to realize what Kamala represents. Kamala represents sort of the pinnacle, the, 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 the nadir of – Democrat Party identity politics, which is an enormous driver of the left-wing movement in the United States and has been for many years. So she represents leftist dogma on subjects of race, identity, gender, equity, equality, which are often used interchangeably but certainly are not. And as a consequence, someone who is completely unqualified to be in office, to be so close to becoming president, has gotten herself there strictly because of who she is on paper. And I think having a, we'll call it a, a, an awakening real consequences come down of having somebody so vastly unqualified in office simply because we wanted a woman and we wanted a woman of color and ah it's so wonderful right all that could snap into some people's brains that the entire identity movement in this country is hocus pocus nonsense now yesterday kamala decided to explain trickle down economics okay now the i trickle down economics i has, you know, my entire life growing up, trickle-down economics was used as a slur, as something that doesn't work. However, the more you study the economy and realize that if there are people that are taking risks, building businesses, building factories, they create jobs, and they lift people up out of poverty. They provide opportunity. They provide economic liberty to people in that economy. They understand that the slur of trickle-down economics is just that. 
It is a put down used by the left to discount how the basic economy operates. Wealth creators are not the workers. Only Marx believed that. And everywhere where Marxism was tried and put in practice, economies went bust. There's not one example of a worker-led economy that ever raised anybody out of poverty. In fact, did quite the opposite, put people there. So here's Kamala being uh, the delight that she is uh, talking about this. And I, I just want to... Yeah, I just I I want to I want to play this because again, it, it, it's not all just to make fun of her, but this is somebody who is literally a heartbeat away from the presidency and uh, it's frightening. And you remember years ago how they would debate and talk about oh trickle down economics that'll work for working people because you see the benevolence of the of the wealthy <laughs> will trickle down on the rest of us. That's where that trickle-down economics theory came from, right? That was what that was about. Well, there was no trickling. It didn't happen. Uh, um, what, what trickle does she want to have happen? Does she want the government to trickle its way down on you? Because that's, uh, by the way, what Democrats are very good at. Let the, I think it's more trick than trickle when it comes to the Democratic Party. By the way, I... I don't think it's trickle down. I think it's flow down. Capitalism has, as a provable fact, taken more people out of poverty than any other system in the history of our planet of civilization. So this is just, you know, uh, this is her. I mean, trickle down is when money trickles down. Oh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Now here's what she says about the coming recession. These fancy people used to say, well, a recession is inevitable. Now, however, those same people acknowledge that President Biden and I have delivered strong and steady growth for our nation. Yeah, I don't think that anybody thinks that. I think all the smart, I mean, the you see it even just, my gosh, even this week. I mean, the bond yields are, are crazy. We are, Our economic outlook was downgraded. We've had our credit rating decreased only the second time in our nation's history. Last time we did that is when we also hired a guy to be president because he was black. Another affirmative action hire for the country. Win, win, win. That worked out great. And now Kamala won't stop bragging about Bidenomics and how it's all working. And again, I think she has no idea what she's talking about. Bidenomics. And Bidenomics is working. Today, the unemployment rate, okay, here's the evidence. Today, the unemployment rate is near the lowest it has been in over half a century in our country. Okay, I'll think about that. Look, um, the real scoop here is that prices are up almost 17% since Biden and Harris got into office. Real wages are down by upwards of 3%. Uh, Think about that, folks. 
absolutely disastrous. So for people who say, uh, well, well, you know, maybe Kamala Harris would be in there for three, three months and, and uh, might not be the worst and might really show us how bad. Yeah, I get that. But I still think uh, our best bet is to get Biden out of office and have, have him stay in just long enough for a competent, strong, and conservative Republican to take office in January of 25. We come back. There's some ideas of what could happen with Joe Biden not becoming the nominee in November. One theory is a little novel, advanced by Chris Sununu. I'll share that with you and tell you if this has any merit. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Common sense prevails here on this program, 1 to 3 p.m. Here on News Talk 840 KX. you're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. I am Sam Marjofsky, the Sam uh, on the billboards. That's a fact. Uh, next to my partner, Ash Watkins. And uh, I, I get to take a little break during the day, uh, Monday through Friday, just to, you know, a couple hours. Uh, to talk to you about current events, things going on, a little bit of politics, perhaps, speaking to those of you who are either like-minded or, in some cases, and I love having you here, we may disagree, and I hope uh, I hope that you are enjoying what you're hearing, uh, even when we do, in fact, not agree on everything. My email, sam at samandashlaw.com, sam at samandashlaw.com. Reach me uh, with comments, questions. I do uh, peruse my inbox here during the program. I always like to see if there's uh, a question that I can answer, and when appropriate, I do. All right, so one thing I want to get to here, speaking of a a local story that is uh, very sad, uh, we have uh, uh, the sentencing occurred today, earlier this morning, for Henry Ruggs, who is the ex-Raiders player, that killed uh, a who killed a 23 year old woman driving a car. It's almost two years ago. I I feel like it was it happened yesterday. Oh my gosh! Ruggs was, as you know, speeding uh, down a residential street. He'd partied at Top Golf down on the strip. He was with his girlfriend. He had a brand new uh, Corvette, and he was going 156 miles an hour. Collided with the victim's car so violently that it was consumed in flames. Her and her dog were trapped inside. Absolutely a horrible death. Uh, and this this case, this crash, right, this is not an accident. This is a guy who uh, made choices that entire night. Ruggs made choices even before the crash. He'd filmed himself, Instagram videos, TikTok, whatever it was, of himself driving recklessly all around town, flaunted the rules. I mean, listen, uh, he's... You know, a young guy came into a ton of money. Uh, consequence of, of being fairly high up in the draft, gets drafted by the Raiders, comes in and and uh, and 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 is you know just uh, uh, acts in a completely vile way, disregarding life. So the 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 result here, you got to understand, there's a plea deal in place that was uh, agreed to beforehand between the uh, defense attorneys representing. Uh, Henry Ruggs, and then uh, the the victim's family and the and, and the prosecutors here, the DA, 
And the deal was that they would agree to a three to 10 year sentence. Now it's not binding on the judge, but it seems that the judge bought off on it by not giving an exact term of years, but by giving him three to 10 years, meaning that Ruggs will be eligible for parole after three years. Now, three years, if that's all he serves, is on the very low end of the range of years that you can receive for a DUI homicide. The range is 2 to 10, uh, excuse me, 2 to 20 in Nevada. So I'm, you know, 3 would be low, 10, if he serves the full 10, uh, would be at the, you know, at, at the mid-range. I don't know. I'm. Uh, I, this is a. This is just a lot of heartbreak all the way around. And I've said this before. I think you know. I think these young athletes need to be. I don't know. They need to be mentored. This is a failure too of the league. The NFL maybe should spend less time worrying about what woke slogans to put on helmets, and worry about mentoring these young men who go from broke as a joke to suddenly having millions of dollars at their disposal and are, you know, don't know how to handle it. So, I, I mean, I see that as a failure here too, and, and I, I know this may anger some of you. I, of course, yes, it's on the individual. Yeah, absolutely. And Ruggs needs to pay the price. Is three years enough? Probably not. But, uh, you know, is this is this something that's going to happen again and again, and not necessarily just with a you know car and drinking and driving? I mean, it's it's you've seen these. <laughs> there's one Raider guy that pulled a gun on a valet at the Aria. No doubt you've uh, you remember that story. These are just you know these are these are tr- just because you're tremendously talented at playing a sport doesn't mean that you've got uh, you know half a brain between your ears. You haven't even grown up yet. And I think many of us at a young age, 21, 22, 23, even 25, would be, you know, suddenly millions of dollars. I don't know. So it's, you know, it's a very sad situation, just a, 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 a heinous, a heinous act. And it's, you know, it's, in my view, it's premeditated. It's, it's, it's intentional in the sense that there was a choice made to drink and drink and drink and then to drive. And if you make those decisions, you have to face the consequences. And I hope every person, every one of us listening, you know, this is a wake-up call that this could happen to you, both as a victim and also as a perpetrator. You could be the person who drinks and gets behind the wheel and causes a crash like this. So trust me, I handle a lot of these cases and it's, uh, it's heartbreaking. Uh, please, please, please be safe out there. Uh, and watch out because I, even just don't be a victim of this. Don't be a victim. Got to watch out. You've got to look out for cars. People doing crazy things. People are on drugs 24-7 in this town. People are drinking 24-7. People are angry. People are armed and have guns. Be careful out there. Please, please, please. And tell your kids, you know, I, I have a, Daniel is 15, you know, he's got his permit. Oh my God. First thing, do not engage with people when you're, when you're dealing with the, with the, you know, don't engage in road rage. That's another way. 
surefire way to lose your life. Okay, when we come back, I'm going to get to this theory of how Biden perhaps does not become a nominee proffered by a politician on the East Coast. I'll share that with you. Plus, I want to get into a very sad case about a principal in Canada who was bullied by one of those equity training people, bullied to the point where he took his own life. A very tragic case. It's being talked about now. And, of course, you know the right in this country. Conservatives are fighting back against DEI, and for good reason. You'll, you don't want to miss this. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KX, and T, listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Yesterday on CNN, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu thinks, well, he said that he thinks Biden's going to collect all these delegates and then give them away. Well, that seems like a proper left-wing thing to do. Let me explain what he means. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Glad to have you with us. By the way, you can always catch the podcast on Apple either... Oh, getting tongue-tied. Either on uh, the Odyssey app. Also, you can find it on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just look up What's Right Show. You'll see my picture there, and voila. Click to follow and subscribe. All right. Uh, here's what he said. This was yesterday. Sununu goes, I think there's a 50% chance, making this a 50% chance he's not on the ballot. Um, and this is what it sounded like. I think there's a greater than 50% chance he's not on the ballot come uh, November of 24. And you're going to see two things happen. Either he's going to go through the primary process effectively unchallenged. Uh, a year from now, he's going to collect all the delegates. His health is not going to be good. He can always use that as a reason to step out and basically tell all of his delegates to, to go for somebody else and kind of be, be the kingmaker. Uh, it wouldn't be unheard of for the Democrats to try to manipulate their convention that way. They've done that before. And the other opportunity is somebody comes in this fall. Now, probably going to be a self-funder. Um, it's probably going to be somebody with a little bit of name ID nationally and maybe even someone who isn't a politician. I don't think any of the Democrat governors are going to stand up and do it this fall. Uh, they're probably just hoping to be coronated uh, by the by uh, uh, Joe and Joe Biden uh, next summer. Hey, I think Sununu's on to something. And I also think he's completely wrong when he says it's not going to be a governor. It is absolutely clear as day obvious to me that Gavin Newsom is courting the entire Democratic Party establishment auditioning for the role of next up or Biden to falter. And Biden faltering, by the way, Sununu here says it's the health thing. It's not health. The biggest faltering that Joe Biden faces is his, his, I think he's, uh, politically speaking at least, mortally wounded by the scandal that is not going to get any better for him. The more the Republicans dig, the more they're going to find. And 
as a lawyer, I can tell you the financial records are going to have the definitive proof of money that went from Hunter Biden into uh, the budget for the household that supported Jill and Joe Biden. Their lifestyle benefited from money that went directly from these all these oligarchs and Chinese you know, communists that were buying influence, paying money to Hunter, not for his expertise, but because he was the vice president's son. Now, why do I say that again for the umpteenth time? I'm not an idiot. I've been watching the Bidens for a while. And their lifestyle had, at least to my eyes, which are trained in some of this, uh, I, I, I've noticed that their lifestyle suddenly got very expensive. That's not just my eyes. What did they, what is it, less than, less than around 10 years, Robbie? What was the time range? They had Biden one year puts in that he's worth $25,000. Or thereabouts. These are, you know, disclosures that are under penalty of perjury that is required to file as an elected uh, office holder. And then he's worth suddenly, you know, a decade later, he's worth nine million. Yeah, for sure got rich working uh, as a senator and as a vice president. The answer to that is something's up. And it's not just his book, you know, sales that got him there. It's not just smart investments. These politicians that suddenly, you know, end up with millions of dollars, and that's just what he's declaring, right? That's just stuff that he has to declare. I imagine that there have been benefits, lifestyle benefits and things, you know, homes that are purchased in the names of family members that are in fact his, things like that, all sorts of clever ways of hiding money going to a particular, uh, you know, office holder. So, I, again, I think that's, that's the mortal wound here on Biden. The health is going to be the excuse. And then, yes, the, 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 somebody is going to sit him down who has a lot of power in the Democratic Party. Say, Joe, listen, um, all due respect, uh, you can't do this. If you decide to press forward, we will terminate this. We will turn on you. You have an opportunity right now to say it's your health, to bow out, and to select a candidate. By the way, we think it should be Gavin Newsom, and here's here's what you're going to do and, and say. They're going to hand him his cue cards, his note cards, and he's going to go up on stage and sniff some hair and say that you know uh, Newsom needs to be the nominee. And everybody's going to clap. And Kamala will be out. Newsom's not going to keep Kamala. That's what I think. So these people are kind of dancing around it and, and saying these things, but it's, 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 it's fascinating stuff. Now, the Kamala angle, the Kamala angle's interesting because it's going to be messy. It's going to be a bit of a slop to try to dump the groundbreaking, identity-driven uh, candidate off the ballot. How do you do that without angering the base? And that's going to be, you know, that's that's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting thing. Now, since she is Kamala Harris is the DEI <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion. Equity, by the way, means equal outcomes, right? Equality means equal opportunity. Equity means equal out outcomes. So, uh, Democrats love using those two words uh, 
interchangeably. They are absolutely not. We as conservatives believe in equality. All men are created equal. We believe in that mantra wholeheartedly. But what 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 we don't believe in is that that your outcome is guaranteed. Some people work harder. Some people are smarter. Some people might even be a little bit lucky, and that's life. Suck it up, say we, right? So the journal yesterday uh, had a piece by Theo Francis and Lauren Weber. Uh, the title of it was "The Legal Assault on Corporate Diversity Efforts Has Begun." Conservative groups are challenging Amazon, Comcast, other companies uh, that uh, saying that these affirmative action universities that they're sending their employees to are uh, discriminatory and uh, that they are illegally uh, basically uh, targeting people based on race. So this is um, and, and there's there are, these cases are going to court, right? There's conservative lawyers out there who are fighting the fight. Yes. Let me say that again. There are, and I can say this as a lawyer here in Las Vegas, there are conservative lawyers out there who act on a matter of principle. And so they're fighting this in court, and it's it's and also politicians are getting involved. People like DeSantis are picking a fight with this and winning, incidentally, because these DEI programs are heinous. Now I'm gonna take an early break here because when we come back, I want to share with you what happened in Ontario, in Canada. This was, uh, this was absolutely awful. This was a 2021 DEI session led, led by a DEI trainer, Kike Ojo Thompson. And this lady, first off, um, is, a, is a racist. But in this training, she attacked a principal of an institute, an adult learning center, who was beloved, also a gay guy, it sounds like a, a fairly liberal guy uh, by some of the arguments he was making, but attacked him. And the attack ultimately led to this principal uh, committing suicide. The story is just getting some attention now. I want to take you through the verbal exchange. It's all on tape, captured, covering what this, what this was. Um, and and I I just I gotta play it, folks, because I I you gotta understand what this DEI training is all about. It is Marxism reincarnated. It is the cultural revolution, driven like a like a poisonous stake into the heart of our thriving capitalist democracy. It cannot be allowed to stand. And yes, this happened in Canada, but trust me, this these type of sessions are occurring at, you know, at Facebook, they're occurring at Disney, they're occurring at all sorts of companies all across the US and in governmental buildings too. It needs to stop. These people need to be put out of business and ended. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, you're listening to the What's Right Show. All right, Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Welcome back. Welcome back, folks. Uh, all right, here on the What's Right Show, we obviously focus on things that are right, also things that are wrong. One of the things that I think is very wrong are all of these nonsense DEI training that trainings that occur all over the country, all over the world now, in fact. 
And these race-baiting racists are getting paid oodles of money to come into companies. Maybe you've had to sit in one of these where they tell you how racist white people are, how racist America is for you to be aware of your original sin that's coursing through your veins as a white person or as a, uh, as a manager or as somebody and it's part of the patriarchy or whatnot. So um, I, you know, one of these uh, incidents, one of these, excuse me, one of these trainings, sorry about that, one of these trainings that was going on um, uh, in Canada, in Ontario, uh, back in 2021, in April of 2021, uh, uh, consisted of a gentleman who was a principal uh, at a adult learning center, but par- part of the public school system there in Canada. And he uh, basically uh, decided to challenge what this DEI trainer was doing. So here's kind of a, a little setup so you understand what all was going on. So you have, let's see here. Let's start with this. Here is uh, the Zoom DEI session with a bunch of people online talking about this is what the trainer, K. Ojo Thompson, saying about what racism is, the definition of racism. The racism is, is, is we experience it far worse uh, here than there. So um, I know that's going to be a hard one, so people wrap their head around, but that's the level of white supremacy. Like, Canada's the bastion of white supremacy and colonialism. Like, they at least had a fighting posture against at least the monarchy. <laughs> here, we celebrate the monarchy, the very heart and soul and origins of the colonial structure. Think about that, right? And all that it represents. We hold it dear still. So she's saying that basically Canada is more racist than the United States because in Canada, in U.S., at least there was no monarchy. We dumped the monarchy in the U.S., but in Canada, it's steeped in colonial tradition. They still have the monarchy. The monarch is a figurehead. They're part of the Commonwealth. And so in, in that sense, Canada is a bastion of quote-unquote white supremacy and colonialism. So Richard Biltsko, principal of Birmingham Thorpe Collegiate Institute and Adult Learning Center, gently pushes back at the statement and says this. I just want to make a comment about uh, the Canada-U.S. thing and a, a little bit of a challenge of it. I did my student teaching in the U.S. And, and have spent a lot of time in the U.S. And to say here honestly that Canada is not a more just society than the United States is, and we talked about facts and figures, I invite everyone here to, to do some research and you look at, yeah, absolutely. And look at things like education and look how more you think about a system we have in Ontario where every student is funded equally. You go to the United States, they're funded based on their, their, their tax base, right? Listing all the ways that Canada is a quote-unquote more just, let's read this more, more liberal, more more socialist, more equity-driven country than the U.S. Now, these are liberal talking points. I would say that this is a list of all the ways Canada is worse than the U.S., but he is, this is a liberal guy. He's a, I mean, not that this matters, but in the news stories are reporting that he was openly gay, guy uh, seemed that he was fairly left-wing in some of his pronouncements and he's literally he, this is a liberal talking to a liberal but in the world of marx in radical marxism 
the revolutionaries eat their own. Now, Thompson, uh, the DEI trainer, shakes her head and dives into this inequity as the principal is pushing back on this. I see you're shaking your head, but I, I talk about no, what, what I'm saying yeah, sir, is that what I'm saying, why I'm shaking my head, yeah. is that it absolutely matters what community you live in in, in Ontario. That's not what I said. What I said but was... I, I'm not arguing what you said. Yeah. What I'm saying yeah. is, because I'm talking about the principle of your point. Yeah. It's not about what you said. This is not a court of law. The principle of your point is that that you can base it on, well, they have this tax system, and that's true. What I'm saying to you is that what racialized people experience in this province is that it absolutely matters where you live. So it's not, so the fact of the tax system is not untrue. What you're saying is not untrue, but how it's lived out in Ontario is not as you say, is all I'm saying, is that in fact, the Jane and kids are not having the same experience as the four Hill kids. They're just not. And, 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 and that's despite our equal laws. That's so, in that way, it's worse because we have fake uh, equality it, or in the name of that equality, kids are still experiencing systemic inequities, systemic inequities. So that's the point. I, uh, she's not even making any sense. He's literally rebuking her or gently, I would say, pushing back, saying he taught in Buffalo. I, mean, I think he means Buffalo, New York. She cuts him off saying he's, you know, but she's the one that brought up America versus Canada and how Canada's less just. Less, less racially equitable, and he goes, I, I don't know, I, I've, from what I've seen, right? Not, the, not, not true. But here's the thing. So he still goes back and tries to talk to her. Listen. I, I understand when I hear what you're saying, right? However, I think to ignore that fact, right, that we, we talked about here about, you know, capitalism, socialism, we're very happy here. We have a public education system where everyone is funded the same way. It's not like that in the United States. We have a healthcare system here where everyone has access to healthcare. It is not the same way in the United States. So to say, sit here and say, all honesty, we're talking about facts and figures and to walk into the classroom tomorrow and say, Canada's just as bad as the United States, I think we're doing an incredible disservice to our learners. Incredible so, disservice to our learners. And again, yeah, that's why I want to, want to say that, right? Well, you would think that this would be a common sense point that, you know, this guy can make. And again, what he doesn't understand, and he reminds me, by the way, of many revolutionary communists in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, even 50s who were executed by fellow communists because they just weren't radical enough. And the radical movement, Bolshevism, Marxism, Leninism's Marxism, requires human sacrifices. What this guy didn't realize is that he was a living, breathing of manifestation of communist destiny. He was about to be sacrificed. None of what he says matters because he's not revolution enough. Listen. Thank, thank you so much. I, what I'm finding interesting is that in the middle of this COVID disaster, where the inequities in this fair and equal healthcare system have been properly shown to all of us, 
I mean, so it's just so, and so what's fascinating is, and this is why we're in this place that we're in, is that you think, so we're here to talk about anti-black racism, but you and your whiteness think that you can tell me what's really going on for black people. Like, is that what you're doing? Because I think that's what you're doing, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to leave you space to tell me what you're doing right now. Unbelievable. See you. Um, you could just. By the way, you could. Say, are you saying you as a as a former bourgeois capitalist, right? Could you think you're a revolutionary? What can you tell me, a man of the people, a woman of the people? What can you, as a white person, tell me, as a black woman, about the plight of black people? Stop talking, whitey. Shut up, honky. I want to hear from you. Is what this woman said. Now he goes back and tries to argue. Look, I, you, you brought up the U.S. And then tries to buy into her point. This is bullying. This is discriminatory. This is vile. And it needs to end. And very sadly, uh, a year or so after this all went down and getting a lot of abuse and pushback, uh, this gentleman in this uh, training who was talking to this abhorrent waste of a human being took his own life wake up america can't have this happen this is not who we are sam urchowski news talk 840 kxnt you're listening to the what's right show